please turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. We are um, going to continue where we left off last week. We've been dealing with spiritual growth. And um, we began in verse 12. 1 John chapter 2 verse 12. The Apostle John says, I write to you little children... Because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Verse 13, I write to you fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you little children, because you have known the father. Now we are looking at that particular phrase uh, at the moment. Verse 14 goes on to say, "I, I have written to you fathers. And notice it goes from I write to you to I have written to you. Fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning, I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Now, we're looking at the different levels of spiritual growth, but I'm also coming at it from a whole another uh, point of view as well. And that is, we want to preserve the innocence of childhood. We want the strength of youth and we want the maturity of, of age, so to speak. I won't, call, I won't say old age. Okay. <laughs> Amen. All right. Okay. And uh, so we're looking at it from that point. And what we, are, what we have been saying and what I've been saying is that we need all three in our lives. We, we, will, we must not move from innocence to strength and then to maturity, so to speak, because we need to always have that innocence there. It is what brings us back to the Word of God. It is what keeps things fresh. Amen? And you know, how many times have, you know, you've sort of thought back to that first time when you've learned about the Word of God. I mean, really learned about it. Not from a religious point. I had both of those experiences in my life. Um, you know, in a, when I became a Christian, I began in a, in a more traditional institution. And I just found that, you know, it, it, I almost wanted to go back to what I was before. Because there was no life in it. I just, I just traded one religion for another. Um, and uh, you know, as I was praying, God led me to what I now preach. This word of God that's alive. Amen? And you know, when I heard it the first time, it, it just went off in me. I couldn't believe that was the word of God. And, and that's when I saw the reality of this. And you know, when I look back on that time, it is, it is because of that newness, I, just, I was just soaking it up. And that's really what I need today. When I'm studying the Word of God, I still have those eyes, that heart. Because, you know, there was a time, <laughs> okay, I think we all go through this, when, when things go from being new to, yeah, I heard that. And we really need to be careful. And I had to correct myself on that. Because when you get to that place, that's when it becomes dangerous because the Word of God is no longer in your heart, it's in your head now. It's shifted back. And it is the Word in your heart that has power. That's why Jesus said, when you want to move mountains, it's not in your head. If you believe in your heart and don't doubt, that's where it is. Amen? And so that's really what we're looking at right now. We're looking at keeping that freshness, keeping that newness, Always be, you know, and you know, I just think this is good advice for all your life. You know, I just, I, I see some people, 
that are, you know, have sort of grown up and they just become grumpy. You know, I mean, that's, that's, all I can, that's the only word I can find for them. And yet then I see there are other people that are elderly that just have just a, a, a sweetness about them. Have you all met some of those? You know, and they're just sweet and, you know, they'll just, they can play with the littlest person and, and talk to the most mature person. That's the same thing that we need in the Word of God. We, we need to have that, that newness, that those eyes that are always looking for something that God is just going to just explode out of the Word. And He's just going to suddenly reveal it to say, did you know that? And you go, wow, I didn't see that. But He'll only do that for those that are looking. Amen. If you stop looking, you, you, know, you won't find out. Have you all noticed that if you stop looking, you, can't, you won't find anything? Uh, is that a new revelation? No, <laughs> okay. That's why the Bible says, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. Amen? We need to ask, we need to seek, we need to knock. That's when things begin to happen in our lives. Amen. That happens when you're a child. Because you're looking for something. You're always, you know, kids are always that way. They're just always fascinated by things. Amen. And you know, don't ever lose that fascination because through that comes revelation. Can I say that again? It's through fascination that comes revelation. When you're fascinated about something and you're looking at something and you're saying, what else is there, God? He'll let you know. That's what I do with this. When I got to the, these verses, I, you know, I got to say, I looked at them and I thought, okay, this is going to be tough going. Maybe I can spend 20 minutes on it. Two weeks later. <laughs> okay. Amen. All right. You all with me? Let's move on. I think I missed a few things last time. So I want to just go back and, and uh, let me read First John chapter 2, verse 13 again, the part that uh, we're going to be looking at today, where he says again, I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. Because you have known the Father. Now that is a key thing. Little children know the Father. So do us big kids. <laughs> okay? We can't ever, you know, and that's, that is a clue as well. When do you stop knowing the Father? You better never not. I don't think that's good English, but you get it. <laughs> all right? <clears throat> you know, you need to know the Father all the time. Can I just say that it is the Father, it's the Father's heart that is soft. And if you want that softness in your life, that's where the Father's heart comes through. You see, when, when you get, see, there are three stages. Let me, can I just go through it very quickly with you so you can get an overview as we go through this. The first stage is you get to know the Father. For God, for God, the Father, so loved the world that He gave. And we are so happy that He did. <laughs> okay? Now, that's the first revelation that we get. And so that's the reason why so much of the time, you know, people say, do you know God loves you? What they're, what they're saying is that God the Father loves you. Without actually saying it, that's what they're saying. Okay? But remember... The Godhead is made up of three different members. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Remember that? Okay, alright. So, the place that you begin is with the Father. That's where you are safe. That's where you, you, know, you come to with, you know, that's who you go to with all your problems. And that's when you go, Daddy, fix. 
Okay? <laughs> when things go wrong. Amen? It, it is the place that you just go. That, that's your safety place. And if you don't have that, then you won't do well in life. You'll end up with daddy ish now. You know what I'm trying to say. You, you need that relationship. It is what really helps you get off the ground. And it is what helps you stay grounded as well. So to speak. Amen? And so... What happens after that is we move from knowing the Father to then knowing the Word of God. Remember, it's, it talks about young men being strong in the Word. Okay? That, that's kind of the Holy Spirit. He's, it, 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 he's kind of ministry. That's when you are starting to move in the power gifts and all sorts of interest, you know, incredible and interesting things start to happen. Okay? You, you start moving in that place where you're laying hands on the sick, they're recovering and all the rest of it. Not a lot of people get to the third stage. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, who went and died on the cross. We all don't want the cross experience. We want what the cross bought, but we don't want to go to the cross. You know what I mean? You know, and when we hear uh, verses like, you know, uh, that we are crucified with Him, we go, oh, we don't want to be. <laughs> okay? And, and, and we, you know, because we... That's the maturity side. The maturity side then gets to the place where you begin to understand how much Jesus did. That it wasn't, you know, it was a very difficult thing. We, 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 we get to the Garden of Gethsemane when he says, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. And a lot of Christians don't ever get to that place. They're well, you know, <laughs> they stay well away from that. That happens as you begin, as you in, invade the devil's territory, then you start to see what is going on. That's when you begin to invest yourself in a way that it becomes sacrificial in a sense. But you can't do that without all the power. See, a lot of people are doing that without it. And so they end up being martyrs and, you know, they died for Christ. It's better to live for Christ than die for Him. Can I just say that? Because when you're living, you can do stuff. When you're dead, you're gone. You were great and all, but you're not here anymore. Do you know what I'm trying to say? See, it, <laughs> it takes more to live. It takes more to fight through. That's why I love the Apostle John and why we're studying his, his epistles right now. Because he just refused to die. They tried to kill him just like the other ones. Except this one just wouldn't die. You know? And I, I love that. I just think we need to be those Christians that won't die. Little cockroaches. You know, no, no, not like that, you know? Nuclear bomb goes off and they're still running around. You know what I'm trying to say? You know, it's just gonna, we need to be like that in the spirit. That they may come at you in every way. But there are. Verses that you stand on. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you will be condemned. Why is that happening? Because you're going places where nobody else would go. Where there are 10,000 coming against you. Amen? And that's when you are getting to that place of maturity now. And that's when you know there are some days when things may not work out exactly the way they should. But God never leaves you, never forsakes you. First uh, John chapter 3, verse 1, we see the love of God. We see the Apostle John writing here, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, 
this is one of those things, again, like I said, you never progress from this. Do you understand? This is where your foundations are. Notice he says that we should be called the children of God. That was the great revelation that he received, that he understood that as much as Jesus Christ was the Son of God, so was he. Do we believe that? Or are we still, have we still got Jesus out there somewhere? And we're down here scratching and scraping. And if we, ever, if we don't ever get back to that place where Jesus said, why don't you do this? Remember the, the incident in the, in the boat when they were crossing? And there was a great storm that arose. He rebuked two things. The storm and the guys. <laughs> okay? You know, we, we don't realize that, but two, two, there were two sets of rebu- uh, you know, rebuking going on there. Because he not only rebuked the storm, but he turned around to them and said, Why didn't you do something about this? Which tells us something. He wasn't showing off. He was demonstrating. He says, this is how you do it. Now you try. No. <laughs> Let's do it again. This is how you do it. Have a shot. That's what he's asking of all of us. Amen? I like the way James says it. He says, don't just be hearers. Be doers. Amen. All right. <clears throat> I have to bring one more thing to your attention. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, I think a lot of times we miss this. Remember when they asked Jesus, they said, teach us to pray? Do you remember how he started his prayer? Matthew 6, 9. In this manner, therefore, pray our Father. The first two words he mentions is our Father. That's where it all begins. Amen? It's at our Father. And and then when he goes on to talk in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 31, that's in verse 9, where he says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, he says, For your heavenly Father knows. The Heavenly Father knows. He knows. It's okay. You don't have to bring Him a list. (laughs) Okay? He knows. And that's what allows you then to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And why it is imperative that you do. Because that's the only way that you are going to grow. Grow how? Because in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 9, this is the biggest problem that we have. Why are we to seek uh, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness? Because it says here, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. You see, the devil is out to deceive. And if you don't know enough of the word of God, you'll be deceived. It is a thing, family. We need to understand that what you don't know, know, if you don't have it in you, you can't fight. Amen? And I, I, I see a lot of Christians today that are seemingly mature, but when they open up and start talking to you, they've been Christians a long time. Let me say, let me say it that way. And yet when they open them out, you know, there's defeat there. And their testimony is, yeah, you know, we know stuff happens, but God still loves us, and God, you know, sometimes God just puts you through things. Are you all with me? And you know what? That's telling you something. That's, that's a life of defeat. 
They don't know how to stand up and fight. They don't know when to stand up and fight. We need to understand that Father loves you. That every good and perfect gift comes from above. That the thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. But Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. We know some of those things. Those are the things that lead us and guide us. And if something goes off track from that, that's when we know, hey, hang on a second, this isn't right. And you know, you need to know that to fight. Otherwise, you don't know. Otherwise, you just roll over and say, well, you know what? Whatever is happening is God's will. Can I just say this before we go on? The only time you can say that. Are you all away? Don't, don't misquote me now. If you're, staying, if you're asleep, stay asleep. Okay, <laughs> don't wake up in the middle of this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the only time that you can say that is if you are in prayer. And you have handed all of your cares over to Him. And you have said, Lord, you look after this situation. Now if things are going in a direction that you hadn't planned for, let them. He's up to something. <laughs> okay? If, if you knew how to fix it, you'd fix it. And obviously the way you're going, it's not getting fixed. So let him do his thing. And I found God will do something that I think isn't good, but it turns out to be good. Are you all with me? Amen? And, but that's the only time you can do it. If you're not praying, and, and let me just uh, correct that as well. If you're not praying correctly... Let's deal with that for a minute as well. Because you don't know, if people don't know this, if they don't understand the love of God, if they don't understand that Father will never do anything to hurt you, if you don't understand that, then you pray funny prayers. You pray inaccurate prayers. And God, you know, most of the time God is sitting on His throne going, I, and that's not me. And he's saying, well, God, if I need to suffer for you, he's going, you're not. You, you, you know, you're suffering. You're being destroyed for lack of knowledge. I have nothing to do with that. And we think we're doing God a favor by going through something. And then we don't have a good testimony at the end. Have you noticed that? It's the victorious ones that are good. It's the ones that overcome the world that are good. And if something is going on in your life that seemingly isn't so good, but has a great end, well, that's good too. And please also understand, sometimes things go wrong in the middle, because you went wrong in the middle. (laughs) I'm preaching today. I need to do this. Okay, let me just, I I need to uh, detach from my notes for a minute. Be careful. See, there are times when you all know you're human, right? Who, know, who doesn't know? Okay. Thank God. Alright, so... <laughs> okay. You know we make mistakes? Can I get an amen on that? Okay, alright, just relax. We all do. Okay, alright. Understand that when you're dealing with things. A lot of times people, because of the mistakes they've made and the problems that has brought, they have said, oh God's testing and trying me. So poor God gets a black eye for something you did that you did that was dumb. I've heard that so many times. And I think, wow, the arrogance of people to think that they're getting it right all the time and when it goes wrong, well, God's testing them. Wow. 
I've told, I'm, I'm really honest. You know, I, if something went wrong somewhere, I'll realize that God was trying to warn me. And I'm, I'm big enough to say, you know what, God told me not to go there, but I went. Other people will say this. And, and of course, you know, I went and it didn't work out well. Okay, all right, that was the end of that story. All right, but <laughs> just so you know. Uh, but then God delivered me from that. So what people read into that is this. Oh, you know, something good came out of it, so it must have been God who led me to that. Because He was going to come in and deliver me. Why lead somebody into a bad situation just to take them out? You know, those people need to get locked up. Can I get a little amen on that? Come on, guys. You know, we, we, we set a certain standard down here. We know what's inherently right and wrong. And then the, stu- the sort of stuff that we assign to God sounds like He's a lunatic. Who wants him? I don't want that kind of a God. I think that's why the Apostle Paul said, oh, My God will supply all your... Your God ain't doing so well. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so he goes, My God, He'll supply all you need according to His riches and glory. By Christ Jesus. Some days you've got to say that, man. Go, My God won't do stuff like that. Amen. And I just think, you know, it's, it's because of this kind of preaching that has caused people to have those kind of testimonies. I think if we realize, <laughs> you know, when we're doing a math equation, we do something, if the answer isn't right, it's not right. means you did something wrong. It wasn't that today the answer is this. Tomorrow it will be something else. It's never that. You know, that's how precise this thing is. But you know what we do? We, we, we get the wrong answer. And we go, well, God wanted that answer for us today. No, you messed up in your calculations. Go back and see what you did wrong. We need to do the same thing with our life. If something has gone wrong, go back and check. Yeah, God will get you out because He's Father. He loves you. And that's, that's the reassurance that we have. And that's what we need to know. No matter how much we mess up, we mess up. Not He led us into a mess, but we mess up. No matter how much that happens, He'll still deliver us. Amen? And so, if we don't realize that, if we don't know that, then we'll, we'll, we'll never do that. We'll never look to Him to get us out. Because we'll think He's the one that put us there to begin with. Are you all with me? Amen? So, you know, be careful. You, you need to watch out for those things. You need to be careful that what, you know, if, if you're going through something, understand that God is not behind the thing. That's where you go for help, not what you're trying to get away from because He keeps leading you into more problems. Okay. Alright. So where is all that? We come back to this. You know the Father. Do you know the Father? Or you think you know Him. Take a minute, let it sink. (laughs) Okay. So many people today think they know the Father. They really don't know the Father. That's why they, they say things that you cringe at. I cringe at some of the things people say. Because I think that's not God. Amen? Do you know something else? You know what the innocence of childhood also is? Have you, ever, have you ever had a child say, when something goes wrong, 
Well, I know there is a, you know, a really good reason that that went wrong. You'll never hear a kid saying that. They'll go, why did it go wrong? It shouldn't have gone wrong. And that's exactly right. Because they're expecting daddy to take care of it. Are you all with me? You see, that is another part of that understanding. We need to go back to that because we are explaining too many things away. We are allowing too many things into our life. Thinking that it is God and thinking we just need to be strong and just put up with it. Amen? Okay, alright. So, <laughs> let's move on, shall we? Alright, so the, I, I, I took you to Revelation 12, 9 today. And I, I showed you the reason why you need to grow up in the things of God. Why God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Because Revelation tells us that there is a deceiver amongst us. That he is deceiving the whole world. Now I want to look at that very quickly for the few minutes I have left. Uh, first in Second Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to look at how he deceives the unbeliever and what causes the unbeliever to be deceived. But then we're going to look at what causes a believer to be deceived as well. You all know the scriptures, but let me just take you there. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3. It says, but even if our gospel is veiled. Now notice he's talking about the gospel. Amen. He says, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe. This isn't, you know, when you read this, you think that they're just not believing. There is more of a sense of they will not believe. Do you understand? People that just don't want to know the truth. You minister and minister and minister, and they're always working around it. All right? And notice what, that's why the, sometimes the English is not very good, the English versions. Okay? All right. Anyway, that's why I'm here. Alright, so, <laughs> that's why I come to church. Okay, so, so you need to understand. So he says, whose, whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe or don't want to believe, lest the light of the gospel of the, glorious, of, the, uh, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. The only reason the devil could deceive these people was because they refused to believe God's word when it was presented to them. And in rejecting the gospel, became blind. And then the devil did everything he could to make sure that they remained that way so that the light of the gospel could no longer shine on them. Did you get all of that? In other words, you know, once you start to reject the gospel, after a while it, it becomes easier and easier to do it. And the devil makes it easier for them to do it. And that's the reason why we need to be really careful. Let me just say this on another, on another side as well. This is, the, this is the deception that has not only come into the world, but it has also come into the body of Christ, which is what I was talking about. Those things that the devil makes you think, oh, God is doing this. That is a deception. And if we accept that, we don't fight it. So that's when we get now to Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, where it says, I'm going to read... The whole verse, because we always read the first bit, but not the rest of it, okay? Listen to what it says here. It says, my people are destroyed. Now notice, now God is, this is no longer the world, okay? God is talking about His people. Are we all here? Okay. So He says, my people are destroyed for what? Not a lack of power. Not a lack of love. Listen. Not a lack of faith. Are you getting this? Not a lack of hope. Not a lack of doing the right thing. 
You see, these are all the things that we try to do and we wonder why destruction is coming in. Listen to what he says. He says, my people are destroyed for one reason, a lack of knowledge. Notice he goes to say, and he says, because you, you have rejected knowledge. Notice, that's the decision we make. Amen. Now, interestingly, the Apostle Paul, let me introduce this. The Apostle Paul identifies who is most susceptible to this kind of uh, deception in the body of Christ and says in Ephesians chapter 4 verses uh, 14 and 15, he says that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. Now notice what the subject is. Kids, children in the Lord, are the ones that get carried away with every what? Wind of doctrine. So doctrine is what we're talking about. Okay? Alright. He says, By the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. It's all to do with this now. He says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things. In what all things? What is, what, what is this talking about? It is talking about being deceived. Amen? By, by people that are tricking you. And, 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 and coming to you sounding like Christians, <laughs> you know, okay? And they're, they're, they're saying things to you that get you off track. Can I please say this to you? Stay on track. Can I just say, if you know that God is love, start there. Understand two things about God. God is, these are two things that He really is, okay? God is light and God is love. And if things don't fall into those two categories, back off. Because it's not very loving for you to be dragged through something that's hurting you. Amen? And you know that God is light, God is love, will not do that. You get amen on that. That's where you start. That's what you need to know that God loves you. Amen? There's, and He will look after you. He will do whatever, it, whatever is needed to take care of you. He said that. Jesus said, look at the lilies of the field. Look at the birds in the air. Aren't you worth so much more than them? Do we believe that? We do. We need to believe that. Okay. So again, he, he says here, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into Him who is, uh, who is the head, Christ. Now, we're going to come back and look at that. We're going to look at the importance of not being deceived. The importance of getting into the Word. And the thing is that as you get into the Word, that's what causes you to grow up to be a young man or woman in Christ. That is what causes you to be that next, the next thing that is going to be described. Somebody that is strong in the Word. Who is out to, to just take the devil out every chance they get. It's interesting, isn't it? There's not a lot of Christians today that are doing that. Mostly they're running for cover. <laughs> <You know? laughs> mostly they want to know where the devil's at so that they're not there. They want to be somewhere else. When Jesus said, you are the light of the world. That wherever you go, there should be light. And if there is darkness somewhere, maybe you need to be the light that goes in and dispels that darkness. Amen? Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. I'll keep preaching otherwise. All right. Well, Father, we just thank you today for your word and we thank you, Father.